Let's move beyond your comfort zone and into your genius zone because it's time to tap into the higher wisdom within you, your higher genius. I'm your host, Christy Turley, author of the book, The Intuition-Led Business, serial entrepreneur and intuitive intelligence expert. Imagine the possibilities when you can make better decisions and create practical and sustainable solutions using the power of your intuition, your higher genius. This is the Higher Genius Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Turley, and today I'm speaking with Christine Martinello about pivoting in business and leading with love. She'll be talking to us about the science behind well-being, as well as how social distancing has affected and, in essence, rewired our brains and how to go about reversing it. We'll also talk about how Christine pivoted her business during the global pandemic and the breathtaking results of a 75-year and $20 million study by Harvard about the secrets to a happier life. Now, Christine is CEO of Training Solutions International. She's an international speaker since 1992, and she's the best-selling author of four books, including The Momager, Mom and Manager Guide, uh, Empowering Moms to Leave a Loving Legacy, and she's the inventor of the original Love Box, which is an awesome invention that she created that she'll be sharing with us today. She is a thought leader, a trailblazer, and I can tell you she has a heart of gold. And this woman is on fire. She is committed to bringing more love and sanity into the world in real and practical ways. So let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. All right. Welcome to the show, Christine. Hi. It's good to see you, Christy. Good to see you, too. All right. Well, let's dive in. So you are the creator, as I mentioned in the intro, the creator of this love box. So, and, and you have so many other really cool things going on in your business. So let's start out, like, tell us a little bit about the why behind this love box and why you fell in love with this concept. Right. Sure. Well, I fell in love with the whole concept of actually spreading love. Um, when I, well, I mean, I've always been sort of more of a romantic, but when I had children, I had three small children and actually I was grocery shopping one day in a large department store and it was around right before Christmas time. And I was, this thought went through my head and it was, what can I give my kids to show them how much I love them? And I was thinking, oh, it would, you know, I mean, I was looking at all the toys and I thought, you know what, in years from now, those gifts are just going to be in a big pile in the closet. And, you know, what is really going to be meaningful for them years later? So um, I went home and I told my husband about that question. I said, you know, what can we give our kids this Christmas to show them how much we love them? And we just talked about it. And, you know, we said, let's just write and read love notes to them. And so on Christmas Eve, we lit candles, we had chocolate, <laughs> just set the whole mood for a real loving kind of night. And we did that. We all wrote love notes to everyone else. We put them in a box and then we passed the box around and we read, we read them out loud to each other. And, you know, Christy, I mean, it was like this force field of love went through around the room and people said, oh, you really mean that? And we were hugging and kissing when you hand person their love note. And it just was really the most beautiful 
peaceful, loving night of our family's year. And so we just did it that Christmas, then did it the next Christmas Eve. And we did it for 15 years before I created the product. So through those years, as I was speaking all over the world and around the holidays when people would say, oh, the holidays are so commercialized. I said, oh my gosh, try this love box tradition. It is awesome. And so um, people would try it and they'd come back to me and say, you know what? That was amazing. It unified our family or, oh, we laughed and we cried. And, and moms, of course, loved having love notes from their kids at different ages and stages. But they all said it just like gave them this expression of how much they really did love each other. So fast forward 15 years. That year, um, in, my dad had been living with us. He had cancer. My mom and dad both moved in with us. And I, and I had my three now teenagers. And um, basically, we, um, my dad actually passed away um, in, in April of that year. And then in May, as we were going through all the stuff in my son's room, we opened a drawer. And then there was the whole pile of his love notes in a corner of one of his dresser drawers. And it just like struck me, here it is all those years later, and those love notes were like just a sacred little, you know, thing of love in his drawer. And he said, I want to take some of these love notes and put them in my wallet. So when I go off to college, I can read them over and over again. And it just really struck me that 15 years later, that is what ended up being what showed them how much they love, you know, we loved them. And he had them from us, from my mom and dad, from aunts and uncles, and, you know, friends, whoever spent Christmas Eve with us, we all expressed our love. And so when I realized how powerful that was, and people had been saying to me for years, can you make the product? Can you make, make a love box? Write a book about the love box. And I kept saying, no, 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 because I was doing corporate training. But then I really, after my dad passed and those love notes were in my son's wallet, I just really thought long and hard about how meaningful it was. And so I thought, my gosh, this gave us an expression of our love. Plus as a mom, to have those love notes from my kids from the time they were really the youngest was three when he just like drew pictures of he and I with snow all around us. I mean, we had a physical expression of our love every year, you know, three, four, five, fast forward up until 19 and now they're 25 and we'll do it every year since. And so it really is this amazing, powerful expression of love. And I see that that set a foundation of how we could express love in our family. So we don't just say, I love you. And then that's it. It's, I love you because you're a gift to me because, and it, you know, we really are a very affectionate family, but then we also really know what everyone else's gifts and talents are. So we appreciate the differences of other people. Um, so it really, I think, gave us a fuller expression of love in our family and blessed us so much. And I wanted to bless other people with that. That is so lovely. You know, I couldn't help thinking while you were talking, like, why was this so magical? You know, what for each member of the family, and my mind went to the book, five love languages by Dr. Yes. Gary Chapman. Mm -hmm. And you really incorporated all five of those languages, probably without even thinking about it. But the, the, the top one is words of affirmation, right? right? And acts of service. I mean, just writing the love note is an act of service in itself. 
touch. You said you're hugging and kissing. Yes. Right. Because after you read the love note, you hand it to the other person and then everyone hugs. I mean, my boys, my, you know, daughter, I mean, yeah. And, and hugs for a long time. It's like, yeah. So it's the physical touch, which is one of my top love languages. Yeah. You got the quality time. Is that four or five? I feel like I'm missing one. That's four. I think. Yeah. Yeah, What's the missing one? Quality time, physical time. Oh, gifts. Gifts. Gift. Oh, of course. Of and the course. little love note is Which a gift. Is totally what that is too. This is so brilliant. It fed each person and your family. Not only that, but it's like, they can look back at it like a scrapbook, you know? And like, yeah. I think that that's one of the best things that we can do as humans is, is when we receive a compliment, like write it down. So that we're having it when we're having a bad day, you know, that we have this file to go through or testimonials for your business. It's like, it can really like pump up your, your, um, just sense of well-being and enthusiasm. And you remember like, you know, your talents and your gifts and also like people you've helped. And all of a sudden now it gives you more energy to do more of that. And so this yeah, this is amazing. So now you've taken this to the business world. Yes. Tell and I just want that. to point out that yeah. love box right there. This yeah. is Christine on it. That's my personal one. Each of the kids have their own that they would keep then underneath their bed or take it away to school or now in their own apartments. And um, see, there's the love box there. And yeah, like you said, Christy, actually, like you could just put all your love notes in it. Then you open, you open it up and you read them again and again and again. So now people use it from birth to death, and that's actually my personal one. So it has business love notes that other people have written to me. And, and of course, I write love notes to other you know, clients and people that I work with and coaching clients. And you know, now, gosh, um, just today, you know, well, I, we launched the um, love note for health heroes, the digital love note. So now we moved into the digital world. And actually today um, we did a love renovation for one of the local hospitals break room. And so we put love box stations at six different tables. And so when the love uh, from the, when the love, when the health heroes get their breaks, they can go to that room and they can write love notes to their family, their friends, their colleagues, their, um, you know, people that they work with because while we dropped off over 700 love notes, people that people in the community wrote to them to thank them. I also want them to be able to thank and appreciate everyone they work with, everyone they play with, the people that are at home that are sacrificing for them. People, you know, their patients. So doctors or nurses can write them to patients. People are that are cleaning. I met um, two of the guys that are with, um, I'm thinking of the Marines, but oh gosh, I forget their name right now. But two of the guys who, um, oh gosh, the president sends them in. I'm having a little blip here. Oh, the, the, um, the National Guard. Guard. Yes. The National Guard. I met two gentlemen from the National Guard today and they said they were going to take love notes and send some home to their moms because they, you know, they don't get to see their moms very often. And it's just amazing. I mean, wow. you know, the, 
Yeah, so people use it really from birth to death. And your imagination is the only barrier to where you can use a love box. So while we created it for our family in that way, I mean, businesses, real estate uh, brokers use it a lot to be able to write love notes to, you know, their clients give the love boxes to people when they have a new home you know, because that's a, tr- a new tradition. They can start in their new home and then the real estate agent puts her his or her card just right in the front flap. And then, you know, you can bet that that person remembers that agent. You know, they have a tradition that they're doing every year. And then people use it for birthdays, anniversaries, weddings. Everybody writes a love note to the couple. I mean, it goes on and on. Yeah. I, I love how you mentioned it's from birth to death because, um, you know, I could see people using this as like, a baby shower gift or when the child turns one and like, and I, I actually did a little time capsule for, um, uh-huh. my child when she was first born. And it was like, I, at age one, you know, now we're going to put this in and open it when she's 18, <laughs> like wow. all the things that, that, um, you know, the grandparents remember and, and hopefully the grandparents are still here at age 18, you know, but it's in the box and, I lo- and and I'm imagining like at a funeral or something, someone could put these memories in a box. I could also see it like masterminds, um, you know, for kind of like a building of of team, you know, like much like in a corporate environment with the team. But if you think of a mastermind and the members within as friends and colleagues and deepening right. those bonds. Um, and for those of you who didn't see, cause you're on audio, okay. go to YouTube, go to my YouTube channel and look up this interview so that you can see the box. It's so beautiful and so clever. And so these, these health notes, I mean, what yes. a great idea for yes. community service. I mean, we're in the yes. middle of COVID-19 right now. And, you know, we've got the flyovers of the blue angels happening, you know, and all these shout outs to the, to the health heroes. Are you having people or can people donate a box to their local hospital or what, what are you doing there with yes, as service? We, we are, yes, we yeah. are doing it. So we, yes, we, we created these digital love notes. I think you could see it there, you know, with the gold heart because they have hearts of gold and then the stethoscope around it. And then I don't know if you can see Christy, but there's actually within the heart, which is our logo there, there's another heart because when you love someone, their heart is part of your heart, you know, like in you're united. So I really loved how um, our graphic designer designed that because it really is captures the multiple levels of love there that we're doing. Definitely. Oh my gosh. You know, as, as far as acts of service with this, people can go to originallovebox.com and right on the front page, they could just scroll down. They will see this love note for health heroes. Just press on it and they can customize and personalize their very own love note to any health hero anywhere in the world. Basically it's a PDF that's editable and then they could just type their message in and save it and shoot it off. So it's that's totally free. That's totally my give back to the health heroes that are just working tirelessly for us. And um, and so anybody could do that. And then if you scroll down on the page, there is a donate button. So actually right now um, at, for $20, we're giving them um, 30 love notes and the love box. So you can adopt a nurse, a doctor, a healthcare worker, and either I can, 
you know, ship it to them. And if they want to drop it off at their local hospital, or we have over 1400 employees here um, in where I am in Brazelton, Georgia. And we have alliances right now actually with 207 hospitals and um, medical facilities. Like I know. (laughs) That's amazing. It is awesome. And Christy, I mean, let me just add as a business owner, this all came about during COVID. So from two weeks time, we went from uh, someone challenging me saying, gosh, you know, why don't you make a digital love note? And I had said no many years for that because I just love the I love to see someone's handwriting and I love to actually give them a physical note, but somebody can. And then the the box, the packaging, like the physicality of it too. Yeah. Yeah. It's so beautiful. So yes. So right now anybody can do that. And I would love um, for us to, you know, I have, I think 1200 love boxes in my garage right now. I'd love to give all those away. That's amazing. So talk, so on our last conversation, um, before this podcast, uh, recording, you were talking a little bit to me about some of the science of, of well-being or the science of this, um, the love, you know, can you, can we talk a little bit about that? And you even mentioned something that was so intriguing to me, like, um, what this, social distancing has done to our brains. Right. right. And how do we, I mean, they've, the new neural pathways have been created, right? Yes. And we'll probably see the effects of that for a while. Yes. How can we go about uh, reversing it? Is there a right. way to do that? So, so t- talk to me about all that. Yes, definitely. So I took a course through Yale. It was called this. It is called the science of well-being. And basically what we looked at through that course is for you to feel well, for you to feel happy, for you to feel, you know, just fulfilled. What does it take? And um, happiness or well-being is very much like the analogy that, that the professor shared that I really like is that it's like a bicycle pump t- um, that is blowing up a bicycle tire. And so, you know, you're continually putting imprints into your mind, body, and soul imprints. And basically you continually put imprints and then it comes out with whether you feel well, whether you feel, if there's not enough, you feel depressed. And and there are all kinds of surveys that you can take. Um, But basically what happens is we are, we've been designed as social creatures. Okay. So one of the top five indicators for happiness and well-being is social connection. We are not made to live in isolation for a long time. I mean, babies that are in isolation have severe problems. I mean, it imprints. So yes, we can definitely and should be connecting. So when we say social distancing, you know, we want to be safe and, you know, wear our masks and do everything that we need to do, but we need to be social. Okay. It's social distancing, not isolated distancing, you know, it's social distancing. So, so I if feel we like want it should to- have been called physical distancing, <laughs> don't you? Yeah. Not social distancing. Cause that just makes it sound like we're going to be antisocial now. Right. Like you're not going right. to talk to anybody. Right. And I know, you know, at the beginning, I just was like, well, that means I'm staying in my house. I'm not seeing anybody. I'm not doing anything. Well, that does not work for me at all. I mean, and it doesn't work for any of us. I mean, it's, I think it's easier for introverts than extroverts because we have different kinds of personality needs, but we definitely want to be social. 
And so, you know, of course, through Zoom and through um, groups and through calling people, you know, I think that there's different levels, but um, we definitely want to continually connect. And the science showed that people, and, and I don't have the exact numbers, but I can, it's an estimate right now. I'd have to go back to my exact notes, but it was like people that are more than 5.6, it was either 5.4 or 5.6 hours a day alone are much more un unhappy than people that are alone up to three hours a day. So we have we were not made to be alone for more than really five point whatever hours a day that is. So we really need to socially connect. And of course, before we did it easily. You see someone at Starbucks in the drive-thru, you go to the grocery store. And now of course we're doing everything, you know, so much more digitally. Um, but we really need to make an effort. You know, maybe you're maybe you're getting together for a happy hour with friends and you're making sure that you all have your chairs 10 feet apart, you know, but you should still be socially connected. And um, I play golf and my friends and I are golfing every Wednesday. And we, we came up with rules before the uh, LPGA did, and they happen to follow our rules, but our <laughs> rules were, you know, one person to a cart. So, and then we would stay 10 feet away. Nobody touches the flag. Nobody touches the ball, but we would do virtual high fives. It was hilarious. <laughs> awesome. Oh my God. If someone had a great shot or whatever. So, you know, we would do virtual high fives in, you know, in the air, we'd high five each other being at least five feet apart. And it was, it is so fun. And every time I'm after, I'm in mother nature feeling, you know, just taking down the stress level of being in nature for a long time. And then being with my girlfriends, I mean, that is just really important for my mental health. And I think we all need to really be thinking about our physical health and balancing our mental health off because we could go down fast if we don't really make an effort to be social. Yeah, it is so true. And I would even throw in there too, having Zoom meetings. I mean, we typically Absolutely. think of them as a business tool, you know, but um, I've seen in my neighborhood, actually, uh, people getting on zoom, like they're not even working moms. It's just like the moms in the neighborhood getting on, you know what I mean? Like we have so much diversity. We have working moms, we have non-working moms, but I'm just saying like, it, it's becoming a tool, a personal use tool, not Absolutely. just for business. Yeah. Yes. I've, um, had, uh, a couple of times where I got together with different friends all over the country and we played games via zoom on Saturday night. And I have like this little disco ball that I put on, we were dancing all around. That's awesome. So yeah, I mean, it really does um, help us feel like we're socially connected, even though we're not physically connected. We can still be, be socially connected. Yeah, that's great. Well, talk, talk to me a little bit about the business scenario. I know you do a lot of um, trainings and, and workshops for businesses. Now, what yeah. kind of what kind of impact um, or what's the ROI of being more connected at work or doing some of these teams, you know, so-called team building activities, you either love or hate that word, right? Or yeah, right. <laughs> there's cake in the conference room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> more cake. Yeah. Talk to me about the science behind this. Why, you know, why is this important creating a better culture right. and, um, you know, showing, showing love to your employees, right? Your right. Team. 
Right. I'll share with you a study. It's a 75-year study. It's called the Harvard, hold on a second, I wrote down the exact name, Harvard Grant Study. So this study was started in 1938. And in what they did was they were looking for the secrets to a happy life. Okay. And so what we know is that happy employees that have a meaningful connection with people at work are retained longer. They're better and more productive employees. And they basically will feel so like productivity is one thing, but then do a better job. Like people that feel socially connected are happier and better employees for the long term. And this is this is going to be important. It, it is important because um, people will switch employees, be, uh, employers, because they're not happy with the people that they work with. You know, rarely do I see people that switch workplaces because of the work. It's typically the people. Now, of course, it is a combination of the two, but I've seen a lot more people that don't like their bosses or feel like they're being taken advantage of. And, and I think long after COVID is over, we're going to remember how did people treat us during this time? Don't you, Christy? hundred percent. Yes. So let me tell you about this study because I think it's fascinating. So they looked at the secrets to a happy life. So for 75 years, they looked at this. In 2012, they came out with the findings. They looked at everything, diet, exercise, location of where people live, their jobs, if they had powerful jobs. John F. Kennedy actually was even one of the people that was in this study. And so um, basically the findings were this. Dr. George Vallant was the name of the uh, researcher that kept it. And he said, I will boil this whole study down. And it was $20 million for this study, big study, to five words. Happiness is love, full stop. We spend so much time chasing money, houses, success, uh, things that quite honestly, when you have enough, like the hierarchy of needs, once you reach that basic need of, I have enough, and actually even in the studies, for average each American, it's about $75,000. Now, of course, it depends on where you live, in California, New York, that wouldn't work, but you know, um, on average, $75,000. So I think we have to wrestle with, and we have the opportunity with now, how much is enough? How much money is enough? Because when we have our basic needs met and then a little bit enough to stay safe for the future or do nice things, buy nice gifts for our family, there is no quantifiable happiness that goes above that. So say you make $250,000 a year. It, our minds actually will trick us into thinking wherever we are, we need to go to that next level. So it, it, it did show in the science too. People that made 100000 then thought they would be much happier when they made 250000 a year. They weren't. And of course, we see also when people win the lottery, those people in... They get they lose their money mostly, <laughs> and they really are not quantified. They are actually un, less happy. So we really have to look at what brings us happiness. And so it is those loving relationships. It's having meaning and flow. And so when I think about love, you know, we're not talking about 
just romantic love. That's like one of many levels of love. You know, I've learned that, you know, you can love on so many different levels. And when I talk about creating a fulfilling life, because I do education programs on two things, how to have a loving family, how to create a loving family, and then how to create a loving life. And so when we're looking at the wholeness of your life, you want to think about having work that you love, having people that you love at work. All those create very strong, meaningful connections in your mind and in your spirit. Um, and that ultimately, like when you think about at the end of the day, you know, like at the end of your life, you're looking back. That one book, it's called The um, Top 10 Regrets, Regrets of the Dying. Have you heard of that book? No. Yeah. Excellent book. Oh my gosh. Tell Super. me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think that we learn how to truly live when we understand that we're only going to be here for a short time. Right. Like we're here for a limited time only. Right. <laughs> and um, yeah. And so um, the number one regret is I regret that I did not live my fulfilling, like my fulfilling life, what I was created to do here. So that's creating a life, like a work that you love and relationships that you love. Number three is that you didn't express, really express your feelings, love, and what you truly wanted and who you were. So, I mean, it's really important for us to think about how can I create a loving, happy life? Not how can I be successful? Um, because the success will come. But even if you don't have huge levels of success, you will be you will be happy. And the goal is to have a happy, loving life. You know, those loving imprints that you leave with everyone in your life are what really matter. Yeah, it's so true. And I would even add to that list of love for yourself, not, Uh, not in a selfish way, but I mean, some of us really pick ourselves apart or we don't appreciate ourselves. We put ourselves last And, you know, one insight that I've had in my life is, um, you know, you can only love someone else as much as you love yourself. You know, there was someone famous once that said, you know, love one another as yourselves, you know, and and what does that really mean? It means you've got to love yourself to increase your capacity to love others and, when you're coming from that healthy sense of love for yourself, you have more confidence, you will make different choices in your career and your business. You will, um, you know, look with more appreciation and gratitude for the, the people in your life. And I feel like it's much easier to access what your purpose is and what your mission is when you are practicing love and compassion and, and applying that in your life for, for yourself, not just others, right? Absolutely. And I'd also add um, love, compassion, and forgiveness. Yes. Yes. You know, I totally agree with you, Christy. I think that especially as women um, and especially as a mom, I have three kids in three and a half years and you know, I would put their needs. Don't, I did, don't, no, I don't did two kids. Home. I did two kids in two and a half years. So <laughs> almost the same, but not really. <laughs> what are we thinking? I know. Right. <laughs> well, now that they're all 20 somethings, it's awesome. Christy. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. And I think that, um, we have to put ourselves 
in the in the mix. And the more I I like to think of it as the more I actually spend time with my own self-love and self-care, mind, body, and spirit, the more I have to give to my family. And and the more I have just to be joyful as opposed to be cranky and resentful. You know, like if we're continually giving to others and we don't have ourselves in the mix, then we feel resentful. So it is this balancing act of really spending time, you know, getting to know what it is. I think, what do you want? That's a big question. And then really affirming one of the uh, courses I did in my Recreate Your Life series is, um, you know, like setting the affirmation of looking at all your strengths and then continually affirming who you are. So one of my top strengths, and um, have you ever done the VIA character survey? No. Oh my God. Another thing, Christy. Fabulous. Fabulous. <laughs> I got the Yale oh course God. on well-being. <laughs> yeah. So many good things. The 10 regrets when dying. Yeah, this yes, is all good. Yes. This so is good. The v, this, it's called the VIA character survey. And basically what it is, is you get to um, take this questionnaire and it will give you your top 24 strengths. And so once you know your strengths, you work in that lane, you're more fulfilled, you're more happy, you're more successful, you're, because you're doing what naturally comes to you. And then of course we learn as we go along, but the learning is even better because you want to do it. So um, it's funny because I took this last year and um, I found out my top 24 strengths, but my top three, number one was creativity. And I knew that I was creating all these new words, momager, mom manager. And I, you know, as I've been growing my career, I keep doing all these creative things. But if you had asked me two years ago, are you creative? I would have said, oh, oh no, because I don't do arts and crafts and right. that kind of thing. But this is more along the line of you creatively or innovatively look at things, right. and come up, which I've done that for 26 years. Right. And so, um, yeah, and I started my business based on being creative. Like I couldn't do it mainstream. So I was like, well, I'll just start it myself then, you know? So anyway, that- I feel that we, I feel, sorry. I feel that we really are all creative because we have this creative life force. Like humans are born to create. They really are. And it does not mean being artistic or being in the performance arts. Like that's not what it means at all. So yeah, I mean- I think when you're not creating, if you're shutting down that creative life force or that, that urge to create, um, I had a guest on, I believe it was Gina Paris. She's talking about that. If you're not creatively expressing, you can easily become depressed. I totally agree. Yeah. And then when you do create, you create something outside of yourself that is an expression of yourself, which makes you feel so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this sounds very similar to Clifton, um, strengths finder and that, um, so they basically organized all of these patterns or saw patterns and, you know, thousands of people and they created these top 34 signature themes that all humans have just, you know, how does it show up? in a more dominant way in your life and you take the test and you can get your top five and then you can even pay a little extra and then see 
you know, I think it's interesting to see what your bottom five or your bottom tenant oh, are, yeah. you know, um, well, it sounds I, really I, similar. You can ask your husband and he'd probably tell you, you know, like they yeah, see, probably. Yeah. One of my bottom ones was organization. And I know that just walk into my office, you, you know, so it is, it is good to know those things because then I farm that out. I hire organizers. I hire VAs to help me. Like, yes, like we, no one's perfect. And we all do. We do. We have these different character strengths and it is super neat to see what they are. And then to be able to just grow in the fullness of that, because when we look at loving your life and loving yourself, you're honoring, you know, I think who God created you to be, you know, like we're all so different. And while we're all creative, you know, I'm the only one that created the original love box on the planet. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, and I just thought that that was a little question that popped into my head and then a little answer that we did. And then it kept growing and growing and growing. See, so I'm sure every person has something like that in their life. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, I think it's so important to know who we are and also who we're not, because I think that, um, just as you were explaining before about chasing the external thinking that we're going to find happiness and, and chasing all these external things like money or success or the house or the car. And really we're just filling a void. We're avoiding going within and we are not those things. We are not you know, the money in our banking account, we are not our title or our, the groups we belong to, or the status that we have. That's not who we are, but it's easy to confuse the two, you know, and, and looking at it from the perspective of character traits or talents or strengths, I think that is coming from a sense of being, you know, and when you are creative, what are the things that you do? You know, what are the things that you have when you're creative instead of the other way around where we're like, well, I've got the house, I've got the cars, therefore I'm this. And that's totally backwards, right? Yes, totally. I agree a hundred percent. And, and I think that, you know, for me personally, it's like I graduated college in the night in the eighties and there was all this status, like, you know, you want the house, you want the car. It was just, we were sold, I think, a bill of goods of what would bring us happiness. And I got all those things and I still felt a void. So, so that was, I think, God knocking and calling and saying, yeah, you have things, but who are you, you know, who are you going to be in this world? And one of the quotes that I, um, you know, Shakespeare said, you know, to thine own self be true, which I love that quote. Um, And one time I was doing a national tour, a national speaking tour on my first book. And this one reporter asked me this question. She said, well, if you could give one piece of advice, what would it be? And I was like, oh gosh, like that's like picking your favorite child. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So many great things. But you know, I really, I thought about it long and hard. And I really thought it's about being true to you and having fun too. You know, being true to you is about what do I love and who was I created to be in the world and growing in that, whether it's gardening or creating art or creating anything you know, or just doing an incredible job training or doing a podcast that people can, you know, really relate to. It's like, 
everyone has different gifts and talents. And when we connect with that and grow in the love of who we are, then we just become more and more that we can give to the world. Yeah, I love that. So tell us, Christine, how can people learn more about you? Um, give us the link to your love box again, as well as your um, training solution company. And sure. then go ahead and end us on a final thought, your final wisdom for today. Maybe you just said it. <laughs> Maybe you have a second one. But yeah, go ahead and end us on a high note. Okay. Well, people can be in touch with me at two websites. There's originallovebox.com. That's how you can get started with the love box and the tradition or giving it to your health heroes or whoever you want. Um, and then um, if you want to contact me for training or any events, um, I'd love to be in touch with you. And you can go to christinemartinello.com. And that's with a C-H, Christine Martinello. All right. So... The final words here. <laughs> it's exciting. No pressure. <laughs> yeah. Don't think of something big. <laughs> um, you know what? I, I'm going to leave you with a story. And I alluded earlier to how my dad and mom lived with me while my dad was sick with cancer for a year. And um, I interviewed my dad every Sunday. As an Italian family, we always had Sunday night dinner. And I would put the video camera on in the corner of the room and we, I would just ask him questions and he shared his life story. And we'd laugh, we'd cry, but I really listened to his story. And he was an immigrant from Italy. And one of the questions I asked him was, dad, if you have one piece of advice to leave with me or with your grandkids, what would it be? And it actually makes me emotional thinking about this. And he's been gone for many years, but he said, you know, Christine, love everything. He said, love your family and love yourself, love your work, love your community, love everything. And so I'll leave you with that because I think that was a huge revelation to me. And when I think about, you know, everything I do now, I just try to do it from a perspective of love. I am by no means perfect. None of us are. But the question that I ask myself every day is, you know, and that I want people, you and anyone to ask is how can I love and serve? And then do that. And another thing I think about is um, when I'm in a transition phase, you know, we are in a huge transition phase. What should I do with my business next? What should I do with my kids next? Or what the question I always like to think about is what is the next loving thing I can do? And then do that. Thank you so much, Christine. That was beautiful. Thank you, Christy. This was a great, great time together. And I'm delighted to be able to share. I hope that your listeners just feel all of the love that we have for them and um, just, just can grow in love. I hope so too. <laughs> Thank you. I hope you loved today's episode. And if you did, please subscribe and leave a like, comment, and or review. Every interaction, whether on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform, helps this podcast to reach more people like you. Thank you for tuning in to the Higher Genius Podcast.